0: program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church.
1: Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show. From our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Seasoned expert on race, religion, relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Phone lines are open now, 888 432 7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge building voice in the nation's capital.
2: Good afternoon, friends. David Anderson live right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? Well, wherever you are, in your kitchen, in your car, maybe in front of your computer or your smartphone, uh, watch me on Facebook Live. Thanks a lot for tuning in today. And, of course, on the most listened-to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, WAVA 105.1 FM, right here in Arlington, Virginia, covering all of Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland, parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. And guess what? Now, Saturday nights, 7 p.m., you can listen to uh, Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition. So make sure uh, you set your clock for that every uh, Saturday night at 7 p.m. We give you the best of some of our conversations throughout the week. Well, today is Theological Thursday. You know how we roll around here, Marriage Mondays, Tough Topic Tuesdays. Wisdom Wednesdays, Theological Thursdays, that's today. And then tomorrow is open, phone-in Friday. Now, if you've not received my inspirational text before, all you have to do is text the word INSPIRE to 50555. And when you text that word, you'll be enrolled in my text community where I send an inspirational text to you every. Friday morning. So you got to do it before Friday, otherwise it pushes you to the next Friday. So if you want my text in the morning, make sure you go ahead and text me right now the word inspire. I-N-S-P-I-R-E to the five digit code 50555. Now what we're talking about today is a, a continuation of yesterday. Yesterday I dedicated the show to those who are in ministry. I want to do it again today. Uh, the theology of ministry is our topic. Uh, how do you know you're called to be in ministry? Uh, a lot of questions about ministry. Can you be single and in ministry? Should you be single and in ministry? Uh, can you be a woman and be in ministry? Should you be in ministry if you are a woman? What are the qualifications of a minister? Uh, what about the educational requirements? of a minister. What does it mean to do ministry, whether professionally, pastorally, or whether volunteer? Are you called to the ministry? And if so, I want to be able to talk to you today. I dedicate today and yesterday's show to you. Uh, and so if you are a minister, if you are a servant in God's church, at whatever level, volunteering in the parking ministry or uh, on the, in the pulpit, uh, I want to talk to you. If you have a question for me about ministry, I want to be able to serve you in that way. If you're a pastor or a bishop, uh, a teacher of God's word, or or uh, someone who serves coffee uh, before the evangelism team goes out, whoever you are, if you're in ministry and you have a question about ministry and the theology of it, give me a call. My phone number is 888-432-7434. That's 88843 Bridge. My phone lines are now open, so go ahead and give me a call. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you call us to the ministry. And we pray, God, that every minister uh, that's under the sound of my voice, every person that has accepted your call to serve you, I pray that you would inspire and encourage and even enlighten them today. In Jesus' name, we pray together. Everyone said, Amen. And amen. Now listen. If you want to get a hold of me some other ways, and you're saying I can't call you right now, Doc, all you have to do is call that same number off hours. You can leave a message, or you can catch me at andersonspeaks.com. My email is there, or embracegracism.com. You can get a hold of me there as well. Uh, What about ministry? Do you have any questions about ministry? Who should minister? How you should minister? Do you know how to do a a hospital visit? Do you know how to do a home visit? Do you know how to do a baby dedication? Do you know how to do a baptism? Uh, Do you know what scripture to use in season? Uh, Very practical uh, thoughts as well as uh, theoretical and theological thoughts when it comes to ministry. I want to read to you a great passage from a great minister. His name is Paul. And the Apostle Paul was writing to the young pastor, Timothy. And this is what he says about himself. Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, listen, appointing me to his service. So this is Paul acknowledging that I've been appointed by God. That's what ministry is, first and foremost, knowing that you've been called and knowing that you've been appointed by God to do what you're doing. Affirmed by men, but appointed by God. You need them both. You don't lay hands on a man or woman too quickly, the scripture also says, as you're looking to qualify people. But at the same time, people who are affirming ministers, pastors, bishops, should not affirm those who God has not called and appointed, especially if it's professional ministry. So you ought to look for both uh, an appointing from God. And an affirming from other people who see the appointing and and the anointing of God on you, so Paul says uh he considered God considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Remember what you're doing, you're coming into the service of the Lord. It's not your ministry necessarily, it's God's ministry." It's it's his service, and you're, so you're coming into his service. That means he is the leader. He is the one who gives direction, and so you're doing it not for yourself. You're doing it for him. So Paul says this about himself, that God considered him faithful, appointing him to his service. So Paul says, appointing me to his service, even though I was a blasphemer. Now Paul's going to tell you about his past. Like, can somebody who has a past be in ministry? Well, the great apostle was not raised in such a way where he had a a, a spiritual silver spoon in his mouth. He lived a pretty tough life. Listen to what he said. Even though I once was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. In other words, uh, the Lord has poured enough grace upon me that even though I was a blasphemer, even though I was a violent man, even though I was someone who lived uh, a life completely opposite, okay, of what I should have been doing. I was a persecutor of Christians. But now God has appointed me, anointed me, and called me to be in his ministry. What about you? Uh, Is your past keeping you from stepping forward in the ministry? What's keeping you right now from doing the ministry God has called you? Well, if you want to talk to me, uh, give me a call at this number, 888-432-7434. That's 888-432-7434. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
3: Anderson would love for you to join his brand new public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, and when you see his smiling face, click like. It's another great way for
4: you to connect and follow the good doc. When asked the question raised by her professor, why are you here at Omega Graduate School? Sebla Diglu Hailu answered in one of her essays like this.
2: Have you heard any good lawyer jokes lately? Well, let me tell you about a lawyer who is no joke. That's James McCollum. He's a no-nonsense attorney who understands the law and he knows the Lord. When I have need of legal advice, I have contacted James McCollum. If you need legal representation, contact James McCollum at 301-864-6070. That's attorney James McCollum at 301-864-6070. And that's no joke.
5: Waterproofing
2: before the water crisis. Hi, Jewel. This is Dr. Hi, Anderson. How are you?
6: Hi, Dr. Anderson, and hello to your guests. First, I want to thank you for Best Buy Waterproofing. Okay. They are outstanding. Yeah, and I'm scheduled to get my work done in a week, but I just want to thank you with the free home inspection they came mm. out. Love it. It was just absolutely amazing.
2: They have over 30 years of experience, and they'll even donate $500 to my show if you end up doing business with them. But most of all, get your basement fixed. Give them a call. 844-980-3707. That's 844-980-3707. It's funny.
6: Before
0: water Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit Andersonspeaks.com. You can call our hotline at any time at 888-432-7434. That's 888-43-BRIDGE. To watch us on Facebook Live or to check out previous broadcasts, visit Dr. Anderson's public Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click Like. Join our text community and receive a free weekly text from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 50555. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 50555. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson.
2: And I'm back. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. This is David Anderson, pastor of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I'm calling uh, all of you out who are in ministry and you have been serving faithfully and maybe you need some encouragement along the way. Maybe you have a question about theology or ministry. Give me a call. I want to talk to you, 888 432 Three, four. big shout-out to D. Khadijah Smith on my Facebook page, and Estelle Ingu Bangura, uh, as well as Bob Tusi and Wahila Battle. Thank you so much for being there on Facebook Live along with the rest of you. So what are your ministry questions? Do you have questions about uh, what God is calling you to do? And, ladies, are you allowed to be in ministry? Does God call women to lead uh, in ministry or only to serve under men in ministry. Love to hear from you if you happen to be a female minister or pastor, and maybe you have some questions about that. Maybe you go to a church with a female pastor or minister, and you you have some questions about that. Also, what about some of the qualifications? Should you be single? Uh, Should you be married? Remember what Paul said? Uh, Paul said, I wish all of y'all were like I am, single. You know, uh, getting married simply divides your focus. So, uh, you know, what, is, what does that mean? Yet uh, the qualifications for, uh, for pastors are to make sure that they manage their their household uh, well and uh, manage their children well. Is, is there anything that would disqualify someone from ministry? These are the questions uh, that I'm putting out. I want to know if there's something uh, that connects with you. My phone number is 888. 888- 432 7434 that's 888 432 7434 if you're trying to memorize the number just remember uh 43 bridge 888 43 bridge now uh there's some qualifications that it's clear if you're going to be in ministry it says uh in 1st Timothy 3 here's a trustworthy saying if anyone sets His heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, the overseer must be, here's one, above reproach. Here's another one, the husband of but one wife. Here's another one, temperate. That means you you, uh, don't lose your temper, but you keep your temper in check. Self-controlled, respectable, hospitable. Self-controlled, hospitable. Able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, How can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So these are qualifications listed by the Apostle Paul to Timothy about overseers. You have any questions about it? 888-432-7434, 8843 bridge He continues to talk about deacons. Likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of deep truths of the faith With a clear conscience, they must first be tested. And then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. So it talks about overseers talks about deacons, talks about deacons' wives, and it goes on to say, a deacon must be the husband of but one wife and must manage his family, his children, and household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ. So you can see that, The Apostle Paul is serious about making sure that those who are in ministry have the qualifications of leadership, that that others can look to them as an example uh, to be the kinds of leaders they need to be. Notice it doesn't talk about spiritual gifts with the exception of the ability to teach. Uh, it also talks about being hospitable, which is also a, a gift. But so there's a, there's a lot of room for the kind of person, whether somebody's a great administrator, or whether somebody's a great preacher, or whether somebody is a, a great um, you know leader with regard to governance, or uh, whatever the leadership gift may be. Uh, the apostle Paul is not focused on the gifts focus on the position and the person who occupies it that there ought to be a certain quality about the spiritual leader. They they should not be uh somebody who's given over to anger who likes to fight all the time. By the way, if you want to give me a call, triple eight four three bridge, eight 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 four three bridge. So you shouldn't have a pastor or or a spiritual leader who's ready to punch somebody in the jaw uh and fight all the time. Uh, in fact, they should be gentle. Uh, so, you know, part of being a, a leader is being gentle and being patient. That's that temperate word. Uh, why? Because the reality is you are dealing with people. You're dealing with sheep, and you're the under-shepherd. And the reality of that is it can cause uh, real problems uh, if you're always fighting. So, and, and sometimes preachers have that fighting mentality when they're preaching. And so they're taking out their battle behind the pulpit and I think that that is unfortunate because I don't believe that uh pastors and teachers ought to be using their platform uh to beat people up or to use that as an avenue uh to express uh their their lack of temperance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 8884327434 Uh, But I believe that every spiritual leader has to live up to these qualifications. And if you see one of these qualifications, you say, "Uh, I don't know if I've got that one. Good. You should identify and say, Lord, help me work on this. Now, here's what we do. Sometimes we lift up these qualifications for only pastors, overseers, and deacons. I believe if you want to be spiritually mature, these are the ones that you need as well. All right. And uh, I love that it says that if you're going to make somebody a deacon, Make sure that they're first tested, Um, you know, because if you give a test to someone, if you say, hey, I want you to serve in this ministry first before you're a leader. Hey, I want to ask you if you can do this chore. You get to watch how they respond uh, to uh, faithfulness. Can they be faithful in the small things you ask? Because if they're not faithful in the small things you ask, why would you give them more authority? Why would you give them more responsibility? And how do they handle compliments if you uh, let them preach a trial sermon or, or a short talk and they get accolades from everyone around them? How do they handle that? Can they handle it? Or does it puff them up so much that they, uh, uh, you know, they seem like they're too proud? You know, so, I mean, there's all these things that it takes the Holy Spirit to give discernment for those of us who lay hands on other people to lead. Because when you lay hands on other people to lead, you are affirming that they have been appointed by God and that they are ready to serve. Today, we're talking about the theology of ministry. Uh, and if you want to talk to me, if you want to join the conversation, uh, feel free to do so. I have open lines right now, 888 432 7434. That's 88843 Bridge. My lines are open if you have a question about a ministry, the qualifications, the education, the uh, gender, uh, the marital status. Uh, if you uh, are wondering about some of these things, go ahead and give me a call. I have open lines. All right, let's go to Washington, D.C. and talk to Lalika, who's on the line. Hi, Lilika. Welcome to the show. How are you?
5: I'm fine. How about yourself, Dr.
2: Anderson? Well, I'm alive and grateful and so glad you're hanging out with me today. What are you thinking?
5: Uh, the question is what is, um, when you talked about the bishop being the husband or one wife in Scripture, and now this resurgence of women. Filling the office of a bishop or with the
2: bishop title? What are your thoughts? Okay, so I do believe that the man should be at the very top of the organization because he is the covering, whatever the top of the organization is. Now, that's an unpopular view, and for some people that's too far to the right. Other people may believe that I'm too far to the left because I believe as long as the top of the organization is the man, the woman can do anything. So she can be a pastor, she can be a bishop, she can be a a teacher of God's word as long as there is a covering uh, over her. So I believe freedom for women to do whatever they are called to do as long as they come under the authority. And I do believe the ultimate authority uh, is to be a man.
5: Including the office of a bishop.
2: Yeah, including the office of a bishop. So, for instance, it it depends on the, the, the governance of that church. You can have a bishop but that bishop is still under archbishops. You see what I'm saying? So who is the— who I understand is the, that. I'm sorry. Say again? I said I
5: understand that. Yeah, I so was that's just a, looking at the scripture saying clearly that it's a husband of one wife.
2: Well, that's another conversation, so let's talk about a husband of one wife. Okay. Does that also mean then okay. anybody who's going to be a pastor or a deacon has to be married? Or is it talking about marital faithfulness, making sure that you are faithful to the one wife or the one spouse that you're married to? I'd like to carry this on. I've got to go through my break, but if you want to hold on through my break, we can entertain entertain this question on the other side. You want to do it?
5: No, no, that's
2: okay. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. I'll be right back. This is real talk with Dr. David Anderson. Even though mortgage rates are rising, they're still near record lows.
0: So as a homeowner, there are things that you should be considering. Hey everyone, this is Brian. And this
7: is Mike of Fellowship Home Loans. Right now, your home value is probably higher than you realize. A perfect time to consolidate debt, take cash out for home improvements, eliminate PMI, and a host of other possibilities. Not the least of which is maximizing your tax deduction.
2: Home values are up and the housing market is strong. Time to have your house work for you. If you want to find out more about what equity you have in your home and how you can use it, give us a call today at 800-804-SAFE. That's 800-804-7283. Or online, fellowshiphomeloans.com.
7: Fellowship Home Loans, mortgage lending guided by Christian principles.
0: Come and get your loan, Fellowship Home Loans. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA, Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, NMLS number 60134. Actor portrayal of a patient testimony.
3: A few years ago, I started noticing how quick my legs got tired, sore, and heavy feeling. I'm over 40, so I figured par for the course, right? But then my doctor told me about vein disease. Vein disease is more commonly recognized as those naughty bulging varicose or spider veins, but you can still have it and not see the obvious signs. In fact, vein disease is typically undiagnosed and can be debilitating if left untreated. So I went to the specialists at Vein Clinics of America for a free evaluation. They've been successfully treating vein disease for over. Over 35 years. One easy test and they can tell you definitely whether you have it or don't. I did. Treatments were minimally invasive. It was covered by my insurance. And now my ugly varicose and spider veins are gone. Thanks to Vein Clinics of America, my legs feel years younger. And I'm able to wear shorts and skirts again. So call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-303-4141. That's 800-303-4141. 800-303-4141.
7: 800- 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states.
1: Today is an encore presentation of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy And I'm show. back.
2: It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, and I'm glad that you're tuned in today. We're talking about the theology of ministry. If you want to give me a call, I have open lines Eight 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 four three two seven four three four we were talking before the break about uh, being the husband of one wife if you are in uh, in ministry, so what does that what does that mean as a qualification? Paul is writing to Timothy about some of these qualifications. Uh, husband of one wife. So does that mean marital faithfulness or does that mean uh, you only can have one wife? So that means if I'm a pastor, if my spouse dies, uh, I can't be in ministry anymore because I don't have one wife anymore. Or if uh, somebody marries a second person uh, because they were divorced before and then they remarried 10 years later after they had been you know, divorced for 10 years, can they no longer be a, a deacon or a pastor or a teacher of God's word, a spiritual leader? Well, some people believe yes to that. Does it also mean you have to be married? All right? Some people believe yes to that. I don't take this view. The view I take is marital faithfulness. And so uh, you have to be the husband of just one wife, but one wife uh, at a time, okay? Because if you have a biblical divorce or if you have the death of a spouse, if you marry somebody else, you've had two wives. You've had two husbands, Uh, Three, you know, it just depends how many. And so I don't think he's saying, uh, you know, you only can have one wife, uh, but one wife at a time. And by the way, I don't think he's saying you have to have a wife. I think what he's saying is if you're married, be faithful. If you have children, manage them well. I don't think he's saying you must have children. But if you read the if you read it with that logical conclusion of uh, you have to be married and you have to have children because he says husband of one wife and managing his children well, basically you're saying what Paul is saying is prescribing that you must be married and have children, or is he describing if you have children, manage them well. If you are married. Be faithful to one wife. You see what I'm saying? So there's that part of it. So I don't think you have to be married. I think single people can be pastors and and apostles and, and overseers. Otherwise, Jesus couldn't even be a pastor in his own church, nor could Paul. Paul said didn't have children, and Paul wasn't married. So he's given the qualifications. Is he saying, I'm not qualified myself to be a pastor, even though I'm Pastor Paul, even though I've started many churches? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you're married, be faithful. If you have children, manage them well. And then someone would say, well, shoot, uh, that means it's only husbands of one wives. It doesn't say uh, wives of one husband, so therefore women can't uh, be pastors. Well, remember, is Paul prescribing it or is Paul describing it? In other words, there were no women who were pastors at that time. Women weren't even allowed in a church. This was a brand new thing that was happening. They weren't even allowed in the synagogues. And then Jesus began opening this thing up to the degree that uh, Paul would then say in 1 Corinthians 14 and such, ladies, if you have a question, sit in the back and ask your husbands later. Well, that was progressive. They weren't even used to be able to sit in the church, and now they can be in the synagogue. They can, they can ask questions, but they have to ask it of their husbands when they're home. Well, before they weren't even allowed in the church, you know, uh, but that was progressive. We think that that's regressive. We think, oh, how terrible women can't uh, talk in the church. They got to be silent. Well, uh, understand this was progressive. What that means is black people used to have to sit in the back of the church, but actually that was a good thing because before then they weren't even allowed in the church, in the white church. But then they said, well, black slaves, can, they can come, but they got to sit in the back. Well, that was progress back then. Now we look at it and say, like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. But if you're on the other side of it, you were slaves, you couldn't even go to a church, and then they said, okay, you can come in, but you have to sit in the back. That actually was progress at that time. Well, it's the same with women in ministry. It was progress what Jesus was doing. He was liberating them. And one of the things we see when you look at uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, it says in the last days, this is when Peter preached Pentecost, he actually called to his passage, called the passage from Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit, listen, on all people, your sons and, listen, daughters will prophesy, prophesize preaching. Your men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, look, he didn't have to say that, but he did both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So I believe that God is calling men and women to ministry. I still believe in the headship of men. So at the very top of the organization, I do believe it needs to be uh, a male as well. Uh, So there he is. I'm giving you my view on it. You don't have to agree, but that's why it's Theological Thursday, right? All right. Let's go to Manassas, Virginia, and talk to Lawrence, who's on the line. Hi, Lawrence. Dr. Anderson here. How you doing?
5: Good, Dr. Anderson. Thanks for accepting my call. Pleasure. Uh, I do agree, as you had just stated, that the uh, man is actually uh, should be the head of the church,
2: uh, and then facilitate his help down through uh,
5: mm-hmm. the ministry
2: with women. You did answer the the question as uh, Paul had taught Timothy that the man is supposed to be uh, the overseer, more or less to say. But the answer from uh, the the first guest that you had on your program mm-hmm. kind of submits everything as Timothy uh, and Timothy Paul was speaking to Timothy mm-hmm. about who's supposed to be the head. So yeah. I'm, I'm in much agreement. Thanks for the clarification. Yes, absolutely, Mr. Lawrence. God bless you. Thank you so much from Manassas, Virginia. If you have a question or a comment for me regarding ministry in general, the theology of ministry, is today's topic we're not all going to agree on all the areas but that's why we want to have these conversations it's helpful right uh and again a lot of times what we do uh, because um i don't want to say we're dishonest that's the wrong word i think what i want to say is inconsistent there it is we will let women do anything but then we won't give them a title because of some scripture like that because we haven't maybe understood the scripture we want to stay literal on the scripture but we'll let her do everything but we just won't give her the title Because we think that the title brings authority. And sometimes titles do bring authority, but other times people have authority even without a title. Now you have some good godly women who's like, I don't care. I don't need a title. I'm going to do what God called me to do. Ladies, on this uh, Women's International Day, I bless you. Because many of you have had to deal with uh, sort of doing ministry in a man's world, sometimes doing more than the man, better than the man, but yet you won't be blessed by the man. You do it anyway, and God blesses you. So I just want to say I bless you in the name of Jesus. I'm coming back in just three minutes. Real talk Hurt, cheated on, lied to, or unfairly treated by others? Do you have a difficult time forgiving others or extending grace? Then you have to purchase my brand new book, I For Grace You, in bookstores now and on Amazon.com. I For Grace You, doing good to those who've hurt you. You will be freed from anger, bitterness, resentment, and guilt. I For Grace You, by Dr. David Anderson. That's me. Go to Amazon.com. I For Grace You. Get freed up today. Today
1: is an encore presentation of real talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're not taking your calls today. Enjoy the show.
2: And we're back. It's real talk with Dr. David Anderson. Do you have a question about ministry and the theology of it? Give me a call while my lines are open. I still have another 15 minutes with you. So if you want to get in on the conversation, I'd love to talk to you while my lines are available 888 432 7434 uh Bridge on my Facebook. I, I love the activity going on. One woman says, Linda Genti Iskerzak says, I'm a little more flexible about women playing a role in church, but man, it feels so good to be a part of a community that allows a woman to act as a woman and the man to act as a man. Well, I'm with you on that one. What we're not trying to do is uh, have women act like men and men act like women. We're not trying to emasculate men from what God has called them to, and we surely want men to be active and to step up, but what we don't want to do as well is is put women uh, always under our foot, uh, in the name of Jesus and use the Bible as the authority to do that. And that's what has happened for such a long time uh, to the degree I believe we've got to lift women up and we really got to allow women to live uh, the lives that God has called them uh, to live. In fact, even when I use that term, allow some. Of, some of you out there may be like, "Oh my gosh, allow! I can do whatever I want." Well, what we don't want is women to have an attitude where, okay, we don't need men. We can do anything that men do, and uh, we don't want any separation in our distinction uh, with regard to whether we're a man or not. I think that that's uh, unproductive. And it, it flies in the face of I think what God is trying to create within the beauty of complementarianism. And the beauty of complementarianism is I can be me as a man, you can be you as a woman, and together we are we are dancing, we are moving, we are creating a something that is absolutely beautiful. Now, when I become feminized as a man, and you know, then that beauty of complementarianism uh, loses, it diminishes. Uh, and vice versa. If you become more masculine in your womanhood, then that comp, that beauty of complementarianism diminishes. And so there is a beauty to being a woman. There's a beauty to being a a strong woman. Here's the problem. There's so many different kinds of women. You don't want to pigeonhole women into sort of one style of womanhood and that's what happens we want somebody who's gentle and quiet and then we use the scripture a gentle and quiet spirit it didn't say a gentle and quiet mouth it said a gentle and quiet spirit you can have somebody who's quiet uh but has a loud spirit that that is na- nasty and negative so we got to make sure we're not throwing personality types into this we're we're talking about the spirit of a woman not the that the uh, the 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 volume Of her of her speech, for instance. But if you're not careful, we use those kind of passages and we begin to paint uh, sort of the picture and the caricature of the kind of woman we believe should be in ministry and the kind that shouldn't. All right. And so some of it's subjective to the reality is, you know, I can't get with uh, personally. I'm just again, I'm telling you preference here. I'm not telling you Bible. Okay. I can't get with women preachers that are screaming and jumping up and down and and, and hollering at me like a man, you know, like they're a man. And you're like, well, women scream and hollering. Yeah, but when you have the authority of God's word and you're pointing your finger, that just that grates against my, my spirit as a man. Now, I'm telling you my preference. All right. Now, uh, you can take another woman who takes the same text. And she's winsome in the way that she's speaking. And she communicates God's word to me in a way that is undeniable, irresistible. And I have, and the spirit of the Lord is moving because she comes under covering. She's not trying to uh, jump on top of me as a man. She is actually literally uh, lifting me up as she's giving God's word. See, that's what I'm talking about. And so for me, I want to look at the spirit of the woman, not just that she's a woman, but what is the spirit? of the woman. Matters so much. And guess what? I guess it's true for men too, isn't it? What is the spirit of a man? So anyway, there you have it. I'm giving you my opinion. Uh, That's all it is right now. Of course, I can also give you my thoughts on some of the theology. And a lot of you on Facebook are talking about that even now. So praise the Lord for that conversation. Uh, Martha uh, Carrillo Hernandez says, women have a lot of things uh, to do in the church, but never in charge of a church. Sorry, uh, Anderson. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, and you're allowed to you're allowed to disagree with me. I know a lot of women that are in charge of churches, and uh, I remember we went to Cuba, and Mother Basilia she uh, her son's a pastor, and she's raised up so many pastors. She passed away unfortunately last year. She was probably in her seventies or eighties, but I tell you what, she has led uh, so many uh, churches and church plants in uh, in Cuba where people have come to know the Lord, where pastors have been raised up, and they all call her Mama Basilia, and God has used her. And, yes, she was overseer of all the churches. She raised up the pastors, men and women. And, again, at the end of the day, you know, when we get to heaven, maybe you're right. Maybe what Pastor uh, Mama Basilia did for 40 years in the name of Jesus, maybe all that was wrong and she was just disobedient to God and it was hard for you to understand it. Or maybe— she really was following the call of God. Maybe there wasn't a man av- available, maybe because her husband died early. Who knows? But she was the one that God used. And so at the end of the day, I always ask myself, okay, Lord, if I'm not quite sure, what side of the equation do I want to be on? Like, like, let's say it's 50-50. What side do I want to be on? I always want to be on the side that's more inclusive you know and if god smacks me on the hand and says david you should not you should not have uh, gone over there and preached for mother basilia and she shouldn't have been leading that church and you shouldn't have affirmed it okay god smacks me on the hand for that but i can't imagine god uh you know smacking me on the hand when this woman had been used by god so beautifully as a leader in in his church so how if i am wrong it's not terrible right like if i'm going to be wrong i might as well be wrong about that you know a woman leading oh my gosh (laughs) okay so i'm wrong about that okay you got me check mark uh theologically i'd rather be wrong about that than wrong about uh the gospel of jesus or the power of the holy spirit or uh heaven and hell i mean there's just certain things that i don't want to be wrong on But then there are other ones I sure hope I'm right. Here's another one, divorced people in ministry. I know uh, some people who have been married in their second marriage. They've been married 40 years, and their church will not allow them to even teach, teach Sunday school because they had a divorce in their young 20s. And they're so hurt. I mean, they've gone to theological school. They met a believer. uh, They are married to a believer. They've done ministry. They've done missions. They've given thousands, if not millions of dollars away to the ministry. And yet, while they do great ministry outside the church, they can't do ministry inside God's church. I mean, is that just weird to you? Is that weird to anybody else? But because they're holding on to this scripture, you you know, they're committing adultery. Uh, Again, I think I'd rather be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. Trust me. I think think I'm right, but I'm open to being wrong. And when I get to heaven, he says, you know what? You, You let that man and woman serve in the ministry of the church as an elder, as a pastor, as a teacher of God's word, even though they were divorced at a young age. They were divorced at 22 years old got married again to somebody else at 24. They both knew the Lord and they've been serving the Lord for 40 years. How dare you, David? Let them let them lead other people to the Lord. Let them preach God's word. Let them teach in Sunday school. Let them raise up other disciples. How dare you, Pastor David? So if I'm going to be wrong, I'd rather be wrong on that side of grace and and uh inclusion than to have this strong hard Uh, sort of conservative line that says, no, this is what the word says, and therefore, and everybody else runs out of our churches in droves, calling us backwards uh, and, and harsh and mean and judgmental. You know, where do you want to be right? Where do you want to be wrong? And what are your sort of struggles with theology and with scripture? We all have them and we kind of all have our issues. So I think it's worth talking about it. The theology of ministry. Hey, listen, I'm going to run to my break. I am going to land the plane on the other side of the break. If you want to try to get in quickly uh, before uh, I end the show, feel free to do it while my lines are open. My phone number is 888 432 Seven four three four. This is real talk with Dr. David Anderson.
6: people
7: say there are billions of dollars lost in a market crash the truth is they're not lost they just exchange hands and the good news is by gaining the right kind of knowledge you can learn to recognize the opportunities that exist and more importantly act on them i'm pastor david mitchell founder of tradeway Along with being an investment advisor, Tradeway offers our students a powerful education so that they can take their investments in their own hands. We break down the confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We keep it simple, fun, and personal. Come join us at our next two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn to take small steps to reach your biggest
0: goals. Coming to the Renaissance Arlington this Friday and Saturday. Only ninety nine ninety five for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Dr. Tony
7: Evans of the Urban Alternative is coming to the Washington, D.C. area for an evening of worship and the word. As we come together crossing lines that would normally divide us to worship without walls. This is WAVA's Director of Ministry, Dennis Williams, and I want to personally invite you to this unforgettable event on Thursday, September 20th at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Just as we experience Dr. Evans' teaching daily on WAVA, we will join with him live as he brings the message of God's Word for our day. Dr. Evans' son, Anthony, will be with us to lead us in praise and worship. Don't miss this anointed evening of worship and the Word. Mark your calendars now for September the 20th. Go to WAVA.com keyword Evans. That's WAVA.com keyword Evans. Without Walls is presented by Sherman James Productions along with Food for the Hungry and WAVA Radio. Go to WAVA.com keyword
1: Evans. Once again, that's WAVA.com keyword Evans. This is Rich Becker, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. The radio ministry of Real Talk with Dr. Anderson is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. If this nonprofit ministry is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider partnering with us? With an ongoing monthly gift of $30 or more, you'll become a Real Talk partner. As a way of saying thank you, we would love to send you a signed copy of Dr. Anderson's book, Gracism. Thank you for making this important ministry possible. We can't do it without you. Visit Andersonspeaks.com and simply click the Donate button to support Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. That's Andersonspeaks.com.
2: And thank you so much for your generous support, and I appreciate every one of you who call me, listen, and write. So continue to do that, and we'll continue to try to do our best to serve you now, including Saturdays at 7 p.m. You can listen to the weekend edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. We're talking today about the theology of ministry. Let me go right back to the phone lines and see if I can get a question or two in. Let's go to Anonymous in Stafford, Virginia. Hi, Anonymous. This is Dr. Anderson. How are you?
5: Hi, Dr. Anderson. How are you?
2: I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with me. What are you thinking?
5: Hey, I'm calling because um, I'll give you a brief background. I know we don't have a lot of time, but I am a teacher in a school, and I have an organization that's... um, Christian organization, but I have a former student that would like to speak to the group. Um, The only thing is that um, she's known to be gay, and I'm not sure how to handle the situation and how to move forward with Mm -hmm. it, although she's Mm -hmm. involved in a church and she would be talking about um, praise and worship. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure... What to do in that situation, so that's why I'm calling for your
2: wisdom. I heard that. Okay, is this a high school?
5: Yes.
2: Okay, and the person is a high schooler or is the person an adult? High
5: schooler.
2: I understand, and so she wants to talk about praise and worship. Is she a believer? Yes. Okay, now let me ask you this if she wasn't gay or known to be gay, would you have any other reservations about her speaking?
5: Um, probably not only because I know that we all have sin and Mm -hmm. some of our sin is not visible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So no one really knows like my thoughts and what my sin might be Mm -hmm. yet. I might speak in regards to something. So no, I don't think that would stop me.
2: And what is the role of this person who speaks? Do they get a different rotation of people within the club who get to address the club or something like that?
5: This would be a one-time situation where this student would see they are not from the same school. Oh, I see. They are coming in as a guest speaker.
2: And do you do this with other guest speakers from other places as well? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So, and do you have a relationship with this girl? I do. Okay, and how do you, how do you feel about it?
5: That's just it, because my relationship with the Lord is more important, and I just want to make sure that whoever speaks to a group of students is is living a godly life because I'm giving them the platform to speak about the Lord. So that's what I'm struggling with.
2: Yeah, I would spend some more time with her, like go out with her and sit down and spend more time with her to find out what is it that you'd want to say and tell me what you're thinking about your lifestyle and things of that sort. I would try to engage her in a relationship more as opposed to just having her come in and speak. Uh, And I think through that relationship, God may give you more clarity uh, as we, you know, uh, move toward whether she speaks or not. So I'd leave it open. I'd continue to press into the relationship and and ask God for clarity as you as you do that, okay? Okay. Blessings to you. I know it's not an easy answer one way or another, but God bless you. Lord, give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.